Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Everybody. Hi, Meredith. We're in person today. Yay! So my exciting. hands are so cold. I know. After uh, many struggles this morning, we're finally ready to record our we episode. We had an uncharacteristic morning. Oh, boy. Getting old sucks. My brain it doesn't work like it used to. Anyways, we won't bore you with all the details, but needless to we're say, here. we were on the struggle bus. At least I was on the struggle bus this morning. But we're very excited because we have another episode to share with you. And we thought we'd cover something that if you have a teenager in your life is pretty much inevitable. And even with the kids that we coach. Oh, yes. Right? Sometimes they have some attitude. I'm like, you're being very spicy today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too much salt, you know. It's a little salt. What's too too salty? Too salty today. Your problem. Yep. So we're gonna. The topic is, and I just wrote a blog post about this too, and we're gonna expand on the blog post. But basically, the title of the blog post was, "Why is my teenager mean to me?" (laughs) Because they're teenagers, and teenagers are dumb. Can that just be? Was that it? Was that the? That's it. Two sentences. Because they're teenagers. We love teenagers, but you know. They're not so – they're not adults. Why are teenagers so mean to their parents sometimes? Well, there's lots of different reasons, and we'll go through a list of them. But one of the most basic reasons is because they're teenagers and they're kind of snarky. Like maybe you have an angel teenager. But why? Why is it? Well, because they don't want to, you know – they want to be their own person. They're trying to be an individual. They're trying to test the boundaries. Like, what can I get away with? How mean can I be to you? <laughs> <laughs> like, at what point? They're like poking, right? Like, how about now? Is this okay? Yeah. How about that? Here. Oh, boy. Here you we know? go. Am I touching It's you? like my little niece who was like, will do like, will like hit certain parts of my body until she yeah. gets my attention. Yeah. And it eventually ends up her hitting my head. And I'm like, please don't do that. And then it makes me mad because yeah. I'm like, it's too far. Yeah. Right. A little boundary Well, because most people don't like being treated meanly, turns out. Most people don't. And you would think teenagers know that because they can be very sensitive to that. Well, also, teenagers at this stage of development are egocentric beyond belief. <laughs> they're selfish. They're, they are they're, so they're, self-referential. And I say that without tone, you know, like it's not attitude. Like that just right, is right, the right. fact of the matter is that they are trying to carve out their own sense of identity. Right. You're not saying it with judgment. Right. I mean, a little bit of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> In our family, we call it shellfish. You're being a shellfish right now. A little bit shellfish. Oh. Yeah. Try was, to soften it a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> a shellfish. I was really trying. I was like, what? <laughs> makes no sense to me. The shellfish. It's like, that's not. I get it. I get it now. Okay. It took me a minute. Well, yeah. They're very self-involved. Yeah. They're self-involved. Mm-hmm. They're pushing boundaries because they're trying to figure, you know, again, Adolescence is about a lot of trial and error, and some of that is in relationships. You know, what 
they're trying to feel out what is a appropriate way to communicate or not. And I think one of the mistakes that adults make is they just think that students, young people should just sort of know that. They should just mm-hmm. watch their environment, mm-hmm. synthesize the information that their environment is giving them and act accordingly. And the problem with that is that's a sort of higher level, sophisticated way of learning a lesson that a lot of adolescents just aren't quite capable of yet. They need experiential learning. And unfortunately, that sometimes means their primary caregivers are like the prime target. That's right. Of their wrath. Well, their brains are not, they're kind of like mushy. They're not fully baked yet, right? So... Yeah, they're dysregulated. They can get dysregulated. We've said this on many episodes where teenagers, especially if they're under stress of any kind, which, you know, is like not totally out of the question in adolescence. No, it's just a stressed out teenager. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. They're going to regress. They're going to – and that is true for all people. We all do that. Humans do that. You know, lower parts of your brain start firing up and trying to overwhelm the front mm-hmm. part of your brain. And if you already don't have a fully formed. developed, <laughs> formed frontal lobe, you in trouble. You in trouble, girl. <laughs> But I also think that it's not always that, right? It's not always that. It's, it's just their teenagers. So what are some other reasons why your teen could be being mean to you? Well, I think one of the most obvious reasons, which happens to all adults regardless of your age or developmental stage, is that you're not getting your basic needs met. So you're not yeah. sleeping. Totally. You're not eating well. You're not exercising. Your you're teens not- are off. Oh, I thought you said your teens are off. I'm like, what? You're like, that is the, that's this episode. You're like, what? Your routine. Your routine. Ru- ru- gotcha. Teens. You don't have a routine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that is so important. Like basic building block of wellness and regulation, right? Yeah. Is having those basic needs met in your life, right? So feed your teen their vegetables, make sure that they're getting their – 10 hours of sleep. At least. 9 to 11, friends. 9 to 11. <laughs> I know. Every teenager I tell that to, they're like, what? That's ridiculous. We'll talk about sleep a bazillion times on this show and because we cannot emphasize the importance of it for just everything that your teenager needs, especially for adolescents. So so if those basic needs aren't being met, your teen's going to be grouchy and they're mm-hmm. going to be much more likely to snap. Another reason we talked about was that there's other things going on in their life. So what do you think, Meredith, about the other things? Yeah, I mean, I think this is especially true, potentially. Like, I would have my little antenna up when otherwise your teen is, say, 80 90% of the time pretty pleasant, and then you're noticing in the last month or in the last couple of weeks there's been sort of a particular spike in... Attitude? Attitudes. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would be super curious as a parent. I'm like, what else might be happening in this child's life? Because what's going to happen, and for most adolescents, remember, adolescence is about fitting in right with peers. That's what matters way more than parents. Sorry, guys. So they're going to hold something in all day long at school. Maybe there's some relationship at school that's bothering them. Maybe they're in a conflict with a teenager and they are working real hard. Somebody says something or they heard, you know, somebody didn't like their Instagram post, you know, whatever. (laughs) The party thing. Right. The things, the things that happen on a, you know, on On the daily, on the daily for Mm -hmm. the kiddos. And then, but they're not going to show that. They're not gonna. Mm-mm, you would risk a lot of social capital if you like let that out. And, and most teenagers, like my feelings are hurt, you guys. Like, can we talk about something? <laughs> I'm just feeling kind of neglected. Like, 
I mean, there are some, I mean, there are some, I mean, some of the team needs that work with us for like multiple years, they didn't, they do end up sort of sounding like that after a while, which we love, but most, let's be real. Most kids are going to be like, no, hold it in, hold it in, perform, 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 come home. If I, if that's combined also with the lack of sleep, not lack of routine, didn't eat, stress, I got a big test tomorrow. You better get ready because somebody's about to explode on you in your kitchen. Um, Honey, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> Stop asking me questions I don't have the answers to. You're so annoying. <laughs> Can't you just leave me alone? Yeah, if that sounds familiar to you, you're that the parent of a hurt teenager. My own ears. <laughs> I don't usually hit those notes. Sorry, everybody who has to listen to this. Yeah, sorry. Would you got a little excitable? <laughs> yeah, which is a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because when students are displacing all of their unpleasant, uncomfortable feelings to you at home. I don't know if this is very comforting to parents when I say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's because they feel safe with you. I think that you should feel some comfort in that. Yeah. It's usually because they know that like mom and dad is probably not going to abandon me Mm -hmm. if I pop off right now. Yeah. And it's, I think, indicative of a healthy relationship that you inevitably, your teenager is going to be mean to you sometimes. I think the sometimes is important because I think it's indicative of health when it's sporadic and occasional and you yep. can point to environmental factors that have like led to that moment of dysregulation. Yeah, and you can debrief it later. But if this is right. – and you can debrief it yep. later and have a generative conversation yeah. about it, all the yeah. healthy things, communication 101 stuff. But if it's constant – Yes, this gets us into Mm. the next part Mm. of the podcast. Should we talk about when it's problematic or should we talk about the fourth point that you brought up about why teens? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good point. Which is connected to why it's problematic. Yeah. Part of why your teen is mean to you is because you let their ass be mean to you. (laughs) Like, Listen, friends, if you know. You don't need to be a punching bag. You don't need to be a punching bag. And also, what are you modeling? Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. That came out a little harsher than I intended. <laughs> Let me walk that one. Well, you're spicy today. I am. I didn't have – I didn't eat well. Oh, number one on the list. You didn't mm. take of your basic. I just thought I would embody the content of this episode. Okay. In real, you're doing a great job. In real time. Let me frame that more constructively. Oh, thank you. If your teen is repeatedly mean to you, what we practice is what persists. So if your teen is practicing being mean to you, And there's no check on that. There's no, hey, that's not how we speak to each other in this house. Hey, that's not our values. Or follow up later. You know, it made me feel really uncomfortable the way you spoke to me this morning. Mm -hmm. Or it made me feel, it really hurt my feelings when you said this or that to me. And it just sort of is allowed to happen and goes into the ether and is sort of rationalized because everyone's really, and this, I get it. This is completely understandable. You're busy. Mm -hmm. You got to go to work. You've got other kids in the house. And Mm -hmm. it just sort of. Happens. Everybody's activated. And and it's never kind of the attention isn't brought back to that moment of dysregulation and processed. Guess what? That starts to habituate your child to, oh, I can get away with it. Because teenagers test boundaries Mm -hmm. and they don't push them when those boundaries get checked back. Right? So if they test the boundary and they put their little toe in that mean water, and this isn't conscious, right? And they're like, oh, well, they didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. Hmm, oh, maybe fi- it's okay. Maybe I can just keep doing it because I'm pissed off about what my chemistry teacher told me today. Right. So it's- Mom is a great place to just let off all that upset yeah. and anger that I have. Yeah. I or siblings or- Oh, yeah. Siblings. You know, Lord. 
Yeah. Have you seen, do you have, I mean, for those of you who have multiple children in the household, do you see some of your younger kids be a punching bag or maybe some of your older kids be a punching bag? Right? Yes. And you have to set that boundary for your children. Yeah. Okay. So why? Right? I mean, I think the why is probably self-explanatory because those probably are not the values of respect and kindness that you're trying to cultivate in your offspring. Mm -hmm. And also it starts to teach kids, you know, you are modeling behavior and whether you want to face that or not, they are watching, you are modeling. And if you're modeling sort of this permissive turn the other eye, kind of suck it up, suck it up, sweep Mm -hmm. it under the rug, don't confront bad behavior, they carry that lesson into other relationships. Yep. Friendships, romantic relationships, jobs. And sometimes that can breed a sense of entitlement in young people that is like uh, not great. (laughs) That was a nice way of putting it. Yeah. That was nice. I figured out. Great. I recalibrated. I did. I got you. No, I think that you're making great points, Meredith. And I think if you are a parent, this is so challenging, especially if you're not a confrontational person, like your personality, Mm -hmm. like so much, we all bring our, you know what, to the table. But you you and I, not so much a problem for us (laughs) to be like, what the hell are you talking to me like that? (laughs) Yeah. Like you are having- You better take a lap and come back and think about it again. Yeah. Talk to me right, okay? But I think that not everybody's like us. No. And a lot of parents, Thank like God. just their like personality, they're not confrontational, right? And then they've got this kid who's being really loud, really scary maybe, right? Yeah, sometimes it can sometimes be scary. It can be scary yeah. because your kids get big. Yeah. And sometimes they're they bigger get, than you. They get big, they get loud, they can be stronger than you, bigger than Absolutely. you. Absolutely. They got big feelings. They can throw things. I mean, they can really. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're bringing up a good point about escalation because there are, you know, I think how we started this episode, you and I probably both imagining the sort of like foot stomping, temper tantrum-y kind of moment. Right. And we also know and have worked with students where that's like what a walk in the park that would be. You know, when we really have some students who are so profoundly dysregulated in a moment that it actually could be dangerous or scary. Yeah. Yeah, which brings us to our point about when is it problematic? Yeah. Right? If you find that this is happening chronically in your household, if you find that it is really the response to whatever triggered the reaction, you know, is outsized, right? And it starts getting scary, you should pay attention to that. If you're feeling fear, like that's big time red flag, right? If you are getting calls from school, if you notice that you're Kid is alienating friends because they're yeah. fighting. Teachers are calling about bad behavior, disrespect. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's time to have a conversation with your child, right? And say, I'm worried about you. In it's a not, neutral moment, right. I think that's important. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not the right time to have that conversation right in the moment. You know, in the moment, it's just not going to work. Yeah. We should talk about how to de escalate as well. Yeah. That's an important skill that I think doesn't come naturally for everybody because a lot of times as parents, you're like, well, fuck you, little punk ass. Like, (laughs) you know, like, let me get real big. Like, let me show you my power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes a power struggle in that moment. And you do have more power, but 
it won't work. It's not effective. No. And to go toe to toe with your kid is just not effective. No. Even if it, if what they've triggered in you is just this anger response and your response is to get big and scary, right? To control the situation. Yeah. You might be able to actually scare your kid into submission. Yeah. Or shame them into submission. Yeah. There are parents who can do that. And there are adults who will do that to children. I mean, not even parents. Teachers do that. You know, people in school coaches. Especially the shame piece. Yeah. Shame, intimidation. Like, adults will use that with teenagers. Yeah. It's really harmful. And it's not productive. It doesn't teach any of the lessons that Meredith was talking about earlier. Like, how do we, in these heated, activated moments, bring down the temperature? How do we take a break? How do we calm down? How do we soothe ourselves, everyone Mm -hmm. involved, ourselves who are on the receiving end, our child. And maybe that's harder even to soothe ourselves first, like take a breath and be like. I think it's really hard when you're activated. It is really hard. That is practice. That is mindfulness work right there. Somebody and I have been in schools long enough to know what it's like to be activated by a teenager. Oh, the amount of times (laughs) these children would come sit on my couch and try to get me. I was like, I cannot be got. (laughs) Oh, I got got a couple times. And I said things that were not, were unkind. And then I had to go back and apologize. <laughs> uh, I got got. I'm like, oh. Maybe early oh. in my career. I don't know. Because they will, because your kids also know what buttons to push. Yeah. You know, they, they're good at like, <laughs> let me dig it in. Twist. I think, I think, you know what my biggest button was? This is a segue. Sorry, y'all folks. Well, this is not even a segue. This is just a parking lot off the freeway for a moment. <laughs> Just this to- is the park and ride. Okay, sorry. Extend the metaphor a little more. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I've got one more metaphor in me. Both of us worked at prep schools with a pretty privileged, wealthy oh. population. Oh, I think I know where and we're going. Every, that's where I would get triggered is if a kid would say something like, why isn't anybody serving me my tacos? I have to do it myself. Like that? No. Woo! This is, this is what would trigger me. In that vein, the coming to me to complain about a teacher – Oh, I know like, what you're gonna say. We, we like pay, I, I pay, pay. their salary. Like mother effort, <laughs> you don't pay shit. Your parents <laughs> do. Um, yes, that was my second time. Those are the two times. It was tacos and Ooh, hey, yeah, I, those are the and, two things. But what I learned to do is I we I learned to meet that with just uncomfortable silence and staring. Like, I think about that one again. We'll try that one again. Yeah, I was not so calm. But you know, we <laughs> have a lot of practice. We have a lot of practice being. A, activated by young people. This is why I have to meditate every day. And to be clear, my friends who are listening, though we do not have to live with your children, they are not always nice and friendly with us on the on our calls either, right? So, but let's go back on topic. So we're talking about interventions, when it's problematic, when you need to sort of maybe think about seeking out professional help. I certainly think when psychological or physical or emotional safety is becoming more fragile. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the time to kind of muster greater resources. Mm -hmm. So I always tell parents to start with your pediatrician. That's always a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like, where do I go to? And I always say, pediatrician is a great place to start. Another great place to start is your school. And some schools have excellent counseling resources. Some of them don't have as many, but they will have a counseling center. And And I would also ask school. So, for example, if you're noticing that your child seems more moody or angry or upset lately, 
but you haven't heard it. Like, let's say you haven't heard any feedback from the school. I would proactively ask the school, reach out to their mm-hmm. advisor or their counselor or their dean, whatever adult in at the school or set of adults at the school is, has some meaningful relationship with your child and say, hey, I'm just noticing this coach. at home. Yeah, coaches are great for yeah. this. I'm noticing this at home. And I'm just wondering if it's showing up anywhere else, you know, because mm-hmm. you're kind of wanting to gather some intel at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, parents, it's really important to – set consequences and boundaries to have those be clearly articulated on the front end, you know, not in a charge moment. But if you have this really negative interaction with a child and it's it's just not going anywhere, it's important to remove yourself from the conversation because continuing to go toe-to-toe sort of reinforces their behavior accidentally. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, actually, we don't speak to each other like this and we are not going it's, – it's like when an angry parent would blow up at me all over the phone. You know, I would be – delighted to speak to them, but there's a red line. Like, mm-hmm. no, we don't yell at each other. When mm-hmm. you're ready to speak and have a conversation in a calm tone of voice, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm glad you modeled that because I was just going to say, can you model that, Meredith? And then you did it. Because I don't think everybody has the words for that. Oh, yeah. I would say things – here are some words. Let's say Kathy is screaming at me, which she would never do. I mean, she does in a I playful in way. A, a in a loving way. like, Meredith! <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows that. But she calls me Schmeredith. In a loving way. Schmeredith. That's what she does. If you don't. At various <laughs> levels of volume <laughs> in all of the public spaces. Yeah. I would say, you know what? This conversation is really upsetting me right now. And I do not like the way you're speaking with me. And so we are going to stop this conversation right now. And we are going to come back to this conversation when you are able to speak to me in a more respectful way. <laughs> okay. I'm going to check. And then I would give it a boundary. I'm going to come back in 30 minutes and see if you're ready to do that. Okay, Meredith. I'm sorry. Yeah. Except you'd be like, mine. (laughs) (laughs) Your teenager's not going to be like, okay, mom. They're going to be like, whatever. Like, and this requires so much inner resourcefulness for parents to kind of stay. And then, then parents, you get out of that room where your kid is. Then you go like in the garage and then you curse up a storm, do whatever the fuck you need to do. You need to meditate. You need to meditate. You need to like- <laughs> Take deep breaths, deep breaths. Call your best friend, like do what you need to call do. Call your parenting partner. Because- Vent, vent, vent it out. Don't ignore how their behavior has made you feel. And then when you go back to the conversation mm-hmm. and if, you know, that's when you express, this really made me feel angry. This really made me feel, when you said this, I felt- hurt. I felt disrespected. Nonviolent communication is it has a really wonderful, short, simple protocol for how to address yeah. conflict. I you know, you could it's a worth Google a quick, it. Quick Google. Nonviolent communication. Yeah, it's called nonviolent communication. It's a weird name. They really need it. We actually have a coach. Andy's actually trained in NVC. NVC is great. Mm-hmm. I use NVC all the time. And you can use it in personal relationships, professional relationships. And your romantic partnership, I mean, it's it's really great. But one of the things we are always trying to teach teenagers is empathy, right? And you can't teach teenagers empathy without talking about emotions. So it's really important. I think a lot of times as, as adults, we think like, oh, I'm the grown-up, so I have to appear perfect yeah. and infallible. Yeah. And I can't show that I feel scared. Yeah. I can't show that my feelings are hurt. I can't cry. Right? Well, you can. <laughs> and you should, quite frankly. Yeah, you should. One of the most... It's we the had normal this, range of human emotion. We had this one terrible year at my school 
and the seniors were really mean to me. There was I remember. Some, do you remember the scene? We talked happened? a lot about during this. Yes. Yes, you do, because I was so traumatized. I was like, oh my God. This this one thing happened. The seniors were mean to me. And for context, that's not a thing that usually happens. Happens. Right. And I was like, it was just a group of students. It was not the entire senior class, but I was the senior class dean. For context, we had a class meeting and I got in front of the class and I cried. And I said, that was so hurtful. Yeah. And they were like, the kids were like, Oh yeah, yeah, with their yeah. hoodies over their head, they're like, oh, "It's my so, God. it's very effective." <laughs> they were like, "Oh my god, oh my god, we made this shit cry. What happened?" And I'm like, "You guys, I'm a human and I have feelings, and that was really hurtful. And I don't want the rest of the year to be this way. I want to have productive, productive conversations about what happened. Please come see me, but." You know, like vulnerability, man. That it was hard. Oh, you put on your big educator, big girl <laughs> pants for that one. And I was like, I'm gonna get up here and I'm gonna say how I feel, and it's gonna make me cry because it hurt my feelings. Yeah, ultimately, it's so powerful. That is it's such so a powerful lesson to teach kids. To teach kids, and as adults, we have to be willing to be vulnerable with our kids. Yeah. So I know we're like moving into maybe a whole other podcast episode. I have one more. Yeah. Go comment about consequences. Yes. Because so let's important. say you have, because I see this happen a lot. And I'm going to credit my parents with this one because I think I was on the receiving end. Of, I mean, not that I was ever really sassy. Let's be real. <laughs> Your sassy meter was here. My sassy meter was here. Yeah. My sassy meter was like non-existent until adulthood. And then it just made up for lost time. <laughs> okay. So let's say Kathy is my child and she and I have a big old argument and I do all the things and I like excuse myself and I come back and we're actually able to have a constructive conversation and she acknowledges her mistakes in how she spoke with me and how she was treating me. She's very sincere. She's very remorseful. She's very mm-hmm. accountable. She shows up in all the ways you want your child mm-hmm. to show up. And then she says, so can I still go to that party tonight? No. No. <laughs> is the correct answer. So showing no. up and apologizing is not doing, wipe, doing wipe the, the right thing clean. in apologizing is not wiping the slate clean and does not absolve them of consequences. Right. Because I High used, five, girl. Right? It's Big an time. important point. I Big used to see time. this all the time. When I was a dean of students, kids would get in trouble. They'd make some bonehead teenage mistake and there would be consequences and they would be appropriately and I think sincerely remorseful about their mistakes in most cases. But then when I said, yeah, but the consequences are still happening, even though you apologized to that person, Mm -hmm. even though you wrote the letter to that teacher, you would be shocked at how many of those kids were pissed. They're like, what? But I apologize. I'm like, I can't go to prom now. Uh Uh-huh. No, you can't. You know, you can't. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. You surely cannot. So this is a hard one, parents, because hold the line. You have to. Because hold guess what? Line. You hold that line once or twice, they ain't doing that again. You and give so in. Hard. You don't have to be the good guy in this situation. You are being the good guy. You're being the parent. Well, I think Not that's, the friend. Well, that's the important distinction, right? I think a lot of parents like want to, as part of their apology, is to be like, okay, okay, you can have your phone back. We'll fine. make you feel better. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Let them experience discomfort and mm-hmm. accountability. It's okay. It's okay. They'll, they'll be okay. And, and they you'll be will okay. not be okay in the moment, but they will be okay. Yeah. Play the long game. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> oh, my God. We're just all high fives today, people. All high fives. Well, anyways. Okay. All the wisdom has been I imparted. think we have said all the wisdom. I had another point, but I've forgotten it, and I'll bring it up at some other time. Anyways, that was a fabulous episode. 
Twas. Twasn't it? <laughs> Despite our technical struggles this morning, we have managed to put together an excellent episode. We sure have. We high-fived each other at least two times during this episode, and I poked Meredith multiple times. So, so all in all. Touching factor? High. Medium. Moderate, Medium? I'd say, for us. Yeah. We could have nicer touches next time. Let's not have that be our sound bite that goes on YouTube. <laughs> we can have nicer touches. That's not – this is usually how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you have questions, you want to talk about this more, please email us and let us know what's on your mind. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.